Wait, wait, wait. In an unprecedented move, uh, YouTube kicked me out. I had to log back in, so I got to restart it. I restart. I'll try and skip ahead. That was there a great go. fade, too, Go. <laughs> Talking hockey, Ralty and Rupper talking hockey, sun's in my face talking hockey. Come on, lay a bit Hello, and welcome to that's hockey talk. I am your host, Nick Moraldo. It's a beautiful night for talking hockey on the internet, and that singing sensational sound you just heard was our pal, the pals are north of the border friend at Public Gumpino Gumps. How you doing? Just waiting for the Habs to fucking tie it up, take over this game on Long Island, lad. At a lot least of somebody's, puck left. A lot of puck left. Somebody's holding out hope. I, I respect it. I appreciate it. But that ship has sailed, my friend. And joining us, as always, the third part of our trio, Stanley Cup champion, Game 7 goal-scoring hero, Mike Rupp. Rupper, how you doing, dude? I'm good, boys. Um, Nick, so happy to see the smile on your face today. The sun was up. Where I was at, at least, is the sun up where you are. Life is, is is still good. We still got a chance at better days ahead. We'll keep watching this game, though, tonight. Rupper, I got to be honest. If I wasn't getting married this weekend and didn't have that to look forward to, boy, would it have been a dark day for me. <laughs> it, was, it was a tough one last night. Uh, Pittsburgh obviously loses a must-win game at home against a team Trying to lose. They didn't look like they were trying to lose last night. They looked like they were playing pretty hard. But a team that would benefit them greatly to lose and in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, Chicago Blackhawks came out, played played their tails off. 5-2 win in Pittsburgh. Really disheartening. I processed it last night after staring at the ceiling for about 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> I thought about it. I've decided it is entirely Ron Hextall's fault. He needs to go. They need to replace him. I still think the roster can be salvaged. The bottom half of the roster, at least there are some moves that can be made. They can turn the ship around to, you know, maybe not division winning, cup contending. But I think that team with the core that they have, if you surround them with the per- with the right complement of players, can still be an eighth, seventh, sixth seed in a playoff run. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's not where you want to be. Maybe that's not ideal, but they signed Malkin, Raquel, Rust, Latang to long-term deals. They really don't have a choice, in my opinion, but to oh. do that. This is this is the bed. They've got to lie in it. They got to figure out a way to compete 
yeah, again, you're not going to be winning division. You're not going to be chasing president's trophies. You're not going to be scoring, putting up 120 points on the season. But I think you can still have a competitive roster battling for playoff spots. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have plenty of time. We'll see what happens in the next couple hours here. And, and who knows, this may even bleed over, um, you know, into tomorrow's game. And, and the Penguins are going to have to kind of face the same thing if a miracle happens in this one uh, with the Islanders in Montreal. But uh, just for yeah, the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Though, if we're fifths, we'd all be drunk. I get it. Do we, do we want it? Do we want to paint? Apps are flying out there. Should we, should we paint the picture for just the people who don't know? Here's Thanks what's got to happen. We got Islanders versus Montreal tonight. With the Peng- Penguins lost last night, any point in this game. So winning the game and even making it to overtime and losing by the New York Islanders would push the Penguins out of the playoffs. Yes. Um, if the Islanders get zero points, it's not done yet. If they get zero points, they lose this game in regulation against Montreal, then Pittsburgh has to not just get one point in tomorrow's game because the tiebreaker goes to the Islanders. Pittsburgh's got to win in regulation, or sorry, win outright, win the game tomorrow against Columbus to get in. So a little back and forth here, but I, hey, we're going to have, if, if they miss, and it's 2-1 right now, Islanders after one period, if the Penguins miss, we'll have plenty of time to break this down, and I'm very opinionated on it. We won't do it now because we want to do some pre- playoff previews, but, man, we can have a Thank whole you. show talking about the penguins but i'm i'm they agreeing miss, i you. want hextall's head on a spike yes. outside of PPG, i mean Rupert. besides hextall it starts with one fucking move we've been talking about it for three goddamn years get a new fucking goalie dude <laughs> i don't know if it stops there dude i don't know if it stops i know there, but bro. that's that's the one yeah. like you can't you can't go on like this dude where casey dismiss got to play 20 fucking games yeah. and jari's fucking in he's out he's yeah. fucking out for two weeks and all of a sudden he plays it's like we're not you getting can't live it, like Dumps. that we're saving it for next week we're getting into it because we've hey, been talking about it forever jari's fucking out dude that goal last night was criminal do we have our guest in the queue yet or no not yet no okay so so we'll paint the other picture here uh, this is one gumps that i know you love and we had the scenarios of what Dallas needs to win both of these next two games, both against Blues. The Blues, thank you. Both against the Blues. They win those two games, and Colorado only get three or less points in their remaining games. Dallas will win the Central. But the one thing since the last time we talked and what Gumps was uh, was fretting happening was the potential matchup against Colorado. That's not going to happen now. So the Colorado will not be the matchup in the first round as Minnesota's kind of fallen out. The only way that would happen if Minnesota won that division, then it would have been Colorado Dallas, which would have been a fucking nightmare for your stars. That's not happened. But if they win the division, they'll get a better pull than, uh, you know, if they finish second or third, they're going to probably have to play the wild. I'll take my chances against the wild though. I would too. I would too. Hey, I'll tell you, I wouldn't take my chances against Vegas Gold Knights. We had Jackie Aces, Jack Eichel himself on Pat's show today on the Pat McAfee. He was good. He was was on for about 40 minutes. He was on for a long time. He opened up a little bit. Didn't give like the standard cliche answer to everything. I thought he was great. Um, And I came away really impressed with him because I think not necessarily his fault, but just the battle in the, in the, the game of the media and everything that happened with Buffalo and him getting the trade out of there, coming to Vegas. I think he got painted in a bad light through a lot of that. And I don't know the full story. I don't know what happened, but I really liked 
what he had to say on Pacho. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out on YouTube. Yeah. And like the way he spoke about the team and how top notch Vegas was and how they've embraced him. Like I, I, I really enjoyed that. And he's what they've been missing, right? We talked about it when they oh, made yeah. the trade for him, they were missing <laughs> that first line center. They had everything else. They've got stud defensemen. They've got really talented wingers. They've got great supporting staff, especially down the middle. They've got good depth. Goaltending was the question mark going into this year. It seems okay. You know, they've got some guys playing maybe above their station with Laurent Brassault, but he's getting it done. And you're waiting for Logan Thompson to come back and kind of reclaim that net maybe. But, you know, Stoner's coming back soon, it looks like. He's practicing non-contact. And and Jack, uh, he didn't play the other night, but it was for precautionary reasons. They didn't even need him. They still win 4-1. to one. So I, I really like where Vegas is sitting right now. I do too. I do too. This is a team that... We'll ask Gary when he gets on. He's got a good pulse of that team and, and everything that's going on there. I, I they're they're going to win the West, and I I didn't see that happening. I did this franchise what? since hold since, on. Since, no, 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 <laughs> fucking run it back, dude. No, you no, no. Just, go, just throw that like like. No, no. They got a hundred. They got a like, hundred nine points. Okay, I'm. So, I thought you were talking about like winning. Oh, the West, oh, like, oh, oh, oh! You're yeah, talking about the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, that's fair. I'm that's good. Right. I'm all right. I'm all right. Wow. Almost had a heart attack. Goaltend are like Islanders in the blue paint. Everyone diving, trying to score, putting this one past. Is that Mountain Bow that's in net? Yeah. And yeah. Mountain Bow makes a huge save, man. Keeps this thing 2 1. Uh, no, I'm just talking about in the regular season standings. Gump. They will finish <laughs> number one. Uh, actually, Actually, Edmonton could finish number one. They could. But, uh, it looks like it looks like uh, Vegas should be able to finish number one, and I wouldn't have seen that happening. Like this franchise, since it's coming in the league, they they find ways to get it done, and and I I respect the hell out of the way they like they I I don't always love some of the moves that they've made and the way that some of the things went down, but at the end of the day, they're competitive as hell, and and they put a great product on the ice and. The whole branding of that team and the way they do it in Vegas is they do it right. So uh, it's crazy. I wouldn't have thought that they would have been as good as they are this year. Well, let's dive into that a little bit more with our guest who is ready to join us. This man knows everything there is to know about the Las Vegas Golden Knights. He's a, he's a Vegas insider. I've heard him on the radio. He does great appearances, great spots. He does color commentary on the radio for the team. He's all over the digital aspect of things. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Gary Lawless. Gary, thank you for joining us, sir. How are you tonight? Hey, good guys. How you doing? I'm just got into my room here in Seattle, so uh, I'm looking at all your backgrounds. They're so fancy. Thompson's uh, <laughs> got this. Uh, like, whose house is that? Liberace place in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> in his kids' rumpus room, and uh, I don't know what you got going on there, Nick. You're you're like you're about to do improv at. In some comedy <laughs> show. Boy, are my arms yeah, tired, You go Gary. got fucking Pike Place Market behind you, Gary? Christ. Yeah, that's exactly what's there. Throwing We're fish the, around. Uh, I'm going to try this way. See, oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's a little better. That's there a little better. Go. Oh, yeah. Hey, the beds, you can tell I just got here. The bed is still made. There's, hey, like, Gary. nothing there. We, you know? we appreciate <laughs> you. We the appreciate you making time. We know that, that you just. for long. We know you just landed there in Seattle, so we appreciate you, man, making yeah. the time for us. Uh, I want to ask you this first because I have not been to Seattle, and <clears throat> but we're we're talking on here even last year when we talked about Vegas Golden Knights and different times. I was never in Vegas until they got a team, and I've been there numerous times on my own, but then also covering um, whether it's been the uh, 
the finals, uh, you know, out there for different, uh, different events down there, out there in Vegas, incredible spot, the way they do it, they do it right in Vegas, the branding there. I mean, I'm talking, I would say definitely top five best venues in the NHL to view a game, uh, especially a playoff game. I would maybe even go up to top three. Like that's how good the branding's been there. So I want to ask you this. I've never been to Seattle. What have you seen there uh, in your in your couple times in Seattle? Like they they seem like they're branding. It's it's not going to be Vegas because Vegas is Vegas, and they they grabbed a hold of that really well. But what's it like in Seattle there? Well, Vegas is Vegas, and Seattle is Seattle. If you know what I mean, uh, uh, it's a little more. Uh, well, I don't want to use that term. Uh, it, it's a little more. Um, it's a little more. It's not a show. is going to sound like politics. It's a little more woke, for lack of a better oh, term. No. Like it's, uh. Uh, you know, it's it's climate pledge arena. You know what I mean? Like, yep. and, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm a Canadian. I'm not political at all. I can't even vote in the U.S. So it's, but, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Vegas I got you, yeah. It's they. Someone's ringing on the door. I'm okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they just got here. Well, turn down service, I guess. Uh, Vegas, you know, adopted the show. One of the things Bill Foley said, uh, and like I got hired before the expansion draft, um, and w- was there when they were putting together the show. And one of the things you kept hearing from Bill Foley was, it's not good enough to just put on a hockey game. Yeah. Like th- and have an organ. This is Vegas. People expect a show. So we that's that's what you know the, the organization wrapped itself around. Seattle is um, you know uh, people are very conscious about of the environment here. So it's Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, you know they they're very diverse in in their in their hirings, which is a great thing. Uh, and uh, it's that Ron Francis has done it a little differently than. Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee, but uh, uh, Ron and Ron Francis and Ricky Olchick, I think they've got it right. They got a good team, and they've got you know they've got they've got their prospects. They've got an opportunity to get better a little over time in Vegas. We like to grab the dice and roll them, baby. We oh, yeah. you know, and that's uh, if they if Vegas picks up a point tomorrow night. That'll be the third divisional title. Yeah, that's crazy in six years. And, and and Rupper, like I was listening to your intro, and and the one thing you said, I don't don't love all the moves, and sometimes the way they do it. Well, you know, when you're trying to win all the time, it's and yeah. and every move you make is is aimed at that. Sometimes you're gonna you're gonna ruffle feathers. But the reason that it the reason that there's complaints about how Vegas does it sometimes, no one wants to leave, man. That's the problem. Yeah. When you get traded from Vegas, you're sour because you have to leave Vegas. You're leaving a team that is trying to win a Stanley Cup. Not every team in the NHL wants to win. Like, that's a misnomer. We all want to win. That's baloney. There's lots of owners that they want their TV check. They want their rent check. Yeah. And they, they don't want to spend a ton of money on players. They want to make money. This guy, Bill Foley, like the Golden Knights go over the cap. If, if someone gets hurt, they don't go, oh, hey, hold on. We're going to have to just, you know, call somebody up for the American League. They go out and get somebody, and, and they go over. Uh, they go into LTIR. It's because Bill Foley truly wants to win. 
And you, if you live, if you play in Vegas, the setup at the practice arena is like they got their own chef there. It's out in Summerlin. The schools and the golf courses are all out there. It's like a little little oasis. It's paradise. There's Whole Foods on every other corner. You do your thing out there, and then you drive down to the strip to perform. You know, a couple times a week. It's it, players don't want to leave there. It's one it, if it's not the best setup in the NHL for a player. I want to know. I want to know where it's better. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And just to go back on that too, I played in and was fortunate enough to win a cup in in New Jersey. Where I didn't love the decisions that were made all the time, but we won, right? Yeah. Like it, it was. It's about winning, and I think Vegas has grabbed the whole of that. And they're go getters, man. They're making them. Bill Foley makes things happen. This management group uh, has made things happen. And, and when they look like they're they're dead to rights, they. They get off the mat and they swing, and that's where we are now. I mean, you talk about them getting one more point to get a win that division. Here, can you give us a Mark Stone update? We know he's back on the ice, but also, if you would have known at the beginning of the year that they would have been without Mark Stone for all this time, that the goaltending uh, injuries and stuff of this year, some of the other the, the, the struggles they've had as far as staying healthy, that this team would be in that position. Would you have believed it or before the season started? Well, it's funny you should say that because I just re- – last night uh, I got off the TV set and I got in my car and the radio postgame show was on and there was a caller on saying, hey, I just reread the column that Lawless wrote before the season talking about how after what happened last year, the players were going to have that year one – motivation nothing they'll never duplicate year one when you get 23 guys that have all been you know let go by their organization 20 20, 23 misfits you're never going to get that magic again it turns out there was a bunch of those guys that were better players than their organizations previous organizations realized yeah and Gerard Gallant was the perfect guy for it that's never happening again but this year after like Mark Stone went back to Canada last year and I interviewed him for a piece when he first came back and he's like everywhere I went people told me we're awful it's over our window is closed we had our chance we're gonna suck for the next five years and then you know he used an an expletive and said blank them I don't care what they blank and think I know what we have Uh, and so anyways I went I went and reread that piece that I wrote talking about how the players had a little bit of you know, they had a little bit of anger amongst them in terms of and they felt disrespected all kinds of adjectives you can use for it well they used that early on and you know they were very good like you people forget for the first like six weeks of the season or so they were right there with Boston right like they, Vegas yeah. was I think that four lot unbelievable 4 and0 or something like that at one point in time and then they had a little bit of a dip, uh, and then since the All Star break, they you know the second best record in the NHL, only behind Boston. So it's kind of like they bookended their season and had a little bit of the mushy middle wasn't wasn't as good. Uh, to answer your question, no, I wouldn't have expected that. But one of the things I found out about Bruce Cassidy was he knows he's you would say every coach in the NHL wants to win or knows how to win, uh-uh. 
he, uh, this Bruce Cassidy and his staff, they come up with a strategy and, a, and like that, pre, I would love to be in that pre pregame video session when they, when they give the, the opposition's four check, back check, uh, their, their power play, and they go over the points and say, this is how we're going to play them because these guys are prepared to win every night. And then if it's not going well, he's a master at tweaking in-game. And he'll sit a guy down. He'll change lines. He he doesn't wait around for it. Some guys are like, "Oh, I'm going to let them work through it." Not Bruce Cassidy. He he's got the he's got the controls in front of him. He uses them. He he coaches very active. And uh, and he and so pretty early on, I was like, "Okay, this guy really knows how to win games." And it's a skill. Like the the like think it, it seems. Kind of obvious, like you're a head coach in the NHL, you should know how to win games. He really knows how to win games. It's it his skill is highly developed in that area, and so I, I don't I don't count them out. And if you think since the All Star break, the teams they that they have beaten, they've beaten everybody that's good in the NHL since the All Star break. I think except for Boston, like they they, won't, they beat Tampa, they beat Colorado, uh, they've beaten Edmonton, uh, Seattle, Minnesota twice. Like uh, they've uh, uh, Carol Carolina Tampa that trip they went through on that trip they played five games. Uh, how have they how have they done against Dallas this year? Dallas oh, has rolled them pretty good. Yeah, they. No, I, I, the only reason, hey, only reason I'm saying that is that's my boy Gump's <laughs> team. That's my boy Gump's <laughs> team, and that's yeah. what this yeah. is the big this is the big rivalry for him and uh, potentially in this postseason. But it will be, like, be a really good series, and uh, um, yeah, you know, uh, hey. They, they they haven't been healthy. Uh, Vegas lost in the shootout to them on Sunday or Saturday. They were missing Eichel, Stone, Theodore, yeah. Carrier. White Cloud got hurt in that game. That's pretty so big. Five yeah. skaters and then Thompson and Hill. Uh, uh, so they're there. They're missing seven regulars right now. And uh, it looked like uh, I'm not going to give anyway secrets, but I was just on the plane. Um, there, there are some people on the plane I haven't seen in a while. Here we go. Here we go. Gary, I got a question for you. Uh, you mentioned the beginning of the season, that hot start, and uh, a, a lot of the chatter, you're right, this offseason was that Vegas was potentially going to have a down year, and I think it was because of the question marks about the goaltending and the way things ended with Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard, and then obviously the news that Leonard's going to be out with the injury. Then they come in with Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill, I believe, and uh, Laurent Brassault has come in and, and played a couple games and played pretty well lately. Where are they at with the goaltending right now? Who's going to be the guy going into the playoffs, and how do you see that playing out? Well, Laurent Brassault hasn't played pretty good. He, he's played. He's like he's played nine games, ten games this year, and hasn't lost one game in regulation. He has a point or more in every games he's played. He's got. He's. I think he's around a nine twenty five right now. And Hell yeah. It's a really fascinating uh, story. So I, I've known Laurent Bressois for a while. He was in Winnipeg when I was there. And he got injured in junior hockey. This is like his 10th year in, in, in pro hockey. Got injured in, in, in junior. He hurt his ankle. And Rupper will know about this. Uh, sometimes you get, you get an injury and you play with it. And then it, it spreads. And, it, and because you're compensating for it, you damage another part of your body. And for him, it was his hip. And yeah. 
he he hasn't been able. Uh, he can do he can do the splits now, but prior to the surgery he had this summer, in nine years of professional hockey, as a goalie, he couldn't do the splits. This this he had he had this surgery and it took him longer to get over it. And but the range of motion that he got back from it, he's never had. And so much of what uh, of of what has changed in goaltending in terms of. Um, you know, technical innovation in the game. He could he could never install any of that into his game. He basically like he his quote was, "My left leg is now helping me instead of hindering me." So think about that from a goaltender perspective. He told us he told our, our four broadcasters, Shane Knighty, Dave Gosher, our fantastic TV guys, our, our rising star Dan Duva on radio, and myself, the one slug in the group. He told us that <laughs> he told us he said I will be a better goalie now than I ever have been in my in my NHL career, and he has been. The, 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 listen, I don't want to. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict it. But he. But if you're based based on what we've seen, the the the, the improvements in his game and and the fact that he's healthy for the first time in ten years. And the way Bruce Cassidy coaches, like it's a perfect fit. The way he plays and the way Bruce wants the team to play. Like last night, it was it was a clinic against Seattle. He, he said last night he had to make he had to make one dump in save in the first fifteen minutes of the third period, and then in the last five minutes, you know, Seattle got a little bit of pressure on him, and he cruised and uh, and they won four one. He. He won't steal a game, I don't think. We haven't seen that from him, but he'll. It's the it's the what you always hear coaches say. He he, he was good enough for us to win. He gave us a chance to win the game. That is Loren Brassois, and uh, it'll be up to the Golden Knights around him to see if that's enough. You know, we saw it was enough for for Colorado last year. Uh, it was enough for Washington when they beat Vegas. Their goaltending was. Just it was it was good. I wouldn't have called it great. Like there's only there's only one Vasilevsky. Uh, I'd put Ottinger and Dallas in that group. Hellebeck and oh, Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, the guy in uh, Shusterkin in New York. Like those guys are kind of they're a separate level, but everybody yep. else is kind of the same, right? You know. Yeah. And and I, I, I'm goaltending. So Bersois is there. Um, Aiden Hill's been to the American League and played a game now, so so he's healthy. He's active. And Jonathan Quick, and we don't know where Thompson's at right now, but one of those guys is going to be able to do it. But, but yeah. goaltending is not—that's uh, not what. As, as someone who is around the Golden Knights, that's not what would keep me up uh, up at night. But I can understand why people from outside who go to sleep at ten o'clock in New York City and never watch the games out on the West Coast. I can understand how they would uh, they they would perceive things. So just look at the numbers. I, I almost forgot about Jonathan Quick. You mentioned what a pickup yeah. that was, and it seems like he's found the fountain of youth. And, and he was—I mean, he what what a situation that could be if they end up playing the Kings uh, in, in. Yeah, in this I, I, don't, I don't expect Jonathan Quick to to be a major storyline in in the playoffs. Uh, he was brought in for insurance, and they turned out they they needed him. Like they were one injury away prior yep, to yeah. that trade. From from having Michael Hutchinson and uh, oh, Yuri Patera wow. being their being their tandem, 
And then they traded Hutchinson. They brought in Quick. And then very quickly, Hill got hurt. And it was Quick and Patera. Patera won two games. He got four points. Jonathan Quick is responsible for 13 standings points since coming over at, at the at the Massive. In that for 13 standings points since since coming over at the at the deadline. They used four goal, four different goalies in four consecutive games. The goalies all won. And they, that's an NHL record. Like no team's ever done that before. Four consecutive games, four different goalies. It so w- what it does talk about is when they want to play, when they want to lock it down, when they want to keep people out of the slot, they're they're as good as anybody else. So that that they can really they can they can defend and we're going to find out, you know, I think Jack Eichel has been tremendous and, and has changed his game a little bit. He's a 200 foot guy, but I'm, you know, stone being healthy and coming back and being able to contribute. That's the, that's the big kind of, that's the X factor for the golden Knights. If Mark stone Huge. can come back and be the guy that he was just before he got hurt, like yeah. it took him a while to get rolling, but December and in, in early January, just prior to when he, you know, when he had to shut it down, he was he was playing great hockey. If they get that guy back, they're listen. The West is wide open, but Vegas is right up there amongst the three teams that I think that could win the West. Dumps, what you got for Gary? Yeah, Gary. Just back to quick. How much do you think he's added just to the locker room, though? They love like, him. You know, yeah. yeah, they love him. They, they traded. They traded for him. Rupper will, will appreciate this. They made the deal. He came in. They went on the road. Their first night off on the road was in Tampa. Took the trainers, coaching staff, all the players out for dinner. Picked up a, like a like at a high end steakhouse. You know, like there were the seafood towers on every table. This was not a uh, uh, a trip to. Chipotle with a coupon. <laughs> this was, uh, That's, that, I, I took. I take the trainers to a little bit of a lower, lower, you know. Scale. He take the trainers. He took the trainers, the coaches, and all the players. He took everybody. Wow. That's oh, this was an, this was the the black card. He like yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, like, and, uh, like, but so. That's the kind of that's the kind of thing that a veteran who's been around and is, and and wants to become part of the team. The guys love him. He's uh, he, he, he came in, he knew Amadio, McNabb, and Martinez, right? Him and Martinez won a Stanley Cup together. And John Stevens coached him there. So there was a whole bunch of connections. And it was really interesting because Jonathan Quick doesn't show the outside world a lot. Yeah. When he got traded to Vegas, a guy got a bunch of friends that work in the Kings organization. I got like five texts. Look after my boy Quickie. Take care of JQ. You just got a. You just got one of the all-time best. And uh, like the people in LA loved him, and the people in the Vegas, in the in the locker room and around the the orbit around the locker room, there. Uh, it's been it's been a perfect fit. Gary, we can't thank you enough. You've been very generous with your time. We yes. we appreciate you jumping on after just getting to the hotel room. So take some time, relax, man. Good luck to your nights, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. It's not like it's – I used to travel as like a working reporter where you like traveled commercial 
and then you, and you had to worry about how you're getting to the hotel and like it's not don't I don't need to relax. I've been relaxing since I got on <laughs> the team flight. And head down to head down to sluggers and have so a few one of these nice uh, aquapanas, <laughs> you know. And then uh, I sat in my first class seat, first class seat, put on the buds, listened to something. Then we got on the bus. It brings us to the Four Seasons. Now I'm going out for dinner. It's it's the National League is uh, it's and they do it right. They do it right too, like you said. Vegas does it right for sure. Yeah, yeah we get treated really well. Hey, uh, last thing, give a give yeah. a shout out or give a give a hello to uh, our boy Derek England too, Nick. I know you probably Can I have thirty more seconds, up. or do you guys have something else? Well, we got we got uh, yeah, we got something real quick. We got, we got Carlo Coliaco. We got Leafs talk. He's in the waiting room. I'm going to got something Carlos. quick. I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not leaving the stage for Carlo. Forget <laughs> it. Well, last night I I was I was on the TV show <laughs> with Derek England. Was my was our Darren Millard, myself, and Derek England. And I said to Ango, I said, I said, you played with Rupper, right? And he said, yeah, yeah. He goes, we were pretty tough. We had uh, Eric Goddard, oh, um, yeah. Rupper, Ango, some, and somebody else. Uh, and uh, he said, I said, was Aaron Asham. Tough? We had Aaron Asham. Oh, Asham, yeah. Asham. I said, was Rupper oh, tough? Yeah. He goes, well, on that team, he didn't really have to fight. He, he said he would. He wouldn't shy away from it. And uh, he goes, you know, he was some guys that are big. They just rely on size. He said, "No, Rupper had some technique. You got you got a solid eight from Engel." Okay, oh, hey, I'll take yes. it because I'll tell you what. I'll leave it at this, and we'll, we'll we'll have you on again later. And I want to, I'd like to have Engel on. Engel busted on the scene there in the NHL. Great Cold story. Lord. He's like thirty years old, twenty nine years old. I played with him uh, in training camp. I don't remember what organization was with prior to Pittsburgh. Comes in, one punches Colt Nor. It in Pittsburgh, and it played on the jumbotron for the next year in hype up videos. And he knocked out Orzy, very sub, you know, subdue, you know, Derek uh, the way he yeah. is. And the next time we play them, I'm like, you're gonna have to probably go him again. All good. Goes out, beats him again, beats beats uh, Colton Orr again. And he that year, Gary, he was taking down. I didn't have to fight anybody because Engo was like, yeah, I'm good. And he became a very, very, very solid, uh, tough as nails defenseman. I, I, I love, uh, I love Ango, man. Tough as nails, as tough as they come. And the greatest speech in NHL history. Thanks yes. a lot, guys. Thanks, Have buddy. A great night. Appreciate you. Thanks, Thank you, Gary. Out. Well, we waste no time from one guest to another, ladies and gentlemen. Joining us now, fourteen-year NHL. He was a first-round pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs, his hometown uh, Maple Leafs. Uh, 17th overall, I believe, and now he hosts a uh, radio show in the Toronto area. First up, 1050. They just got some salacious quotes from Keith Kachuk, who maybe inspired uh, an incredible run here by these Florida Panthers. Uh, joining us now, Carlo Koliakovo. Carlo, thank you for joining us, sir. We appreciate it. Hey, guys. What's going on, Nick? You've in the, you mostly missed the most important part of the intro. Former teammate of Mike Rupp with the Erie Otters. Oh, I didn't know you were an Erie guy. That's on me. I didn't dig it up in my research. I'll tell you this real quick on Carlo. Hey, 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 buddy, I know that you might be a little pressed on time. You got that early. Dude, how fucking Dude, early? I got nothing but time. It's all good. Kids are in bed. How, you know, how early do you guys – first off, how early do you guys do that show? What time are you going well, in there? We're live on the air at 6 a.m. every morning. So depending on if I'm working from home or in the studio, if I'm in the studio, it's either – 
it's up at 4.30. If I'm at home, it's 5.30. So. Cool. Good for you, man. So it's going to yeah, be bedtime here soon. But anyways, uh, I, I, so just give you guys a snapshot. Uh, for those that don't know, an underager in the Ontario Hockey League or in, in CHL, or, uh, you, I don't know if I'm sure the rules have changed, but we were allowed to. And that's what was it? Carlo, help me if I'm wrong. 16-year-olds. 16-year-olds. Yeah, you're allowed to. So you're allowed two per team. And Carlo was was one of them on, on the Erie Otters. So I think I was probably a 19-year-old. You're a 19-year-old, yeah. 18 or 19, and he was a 16-year-old. Super skilled, first-round pick, you know, a high prospect for the NHL draft, which was going to be in a couple years still from when he goes to the OHL at 16. Had all the talent in the world. Scared the shit out of me when he would go into the corner because he'd go in the corner and you were little dude. You were pretty little. You're pretty little. Yeah, like I was skinny. <laughs> he was how much like honestly, how much did you how much did you weigh as a 16-year-old Neo? So I came into the league my first year as a 165-pound kid. I left my first year in the OHL 185 pounds. I put on 20 pounds. And, so, and a lot of that, a lot of that was just like the everyday grind, right? You're getting into a routine of training every day, being on the ice every day. I was growing muscle. And so um, the reason why I played so reckless is because I love to compete. Like I, I grew up with a twin brother. We played all different sports together. And playing hockey, remember back in the days when we were allowed to wear those Douglas football shoulder pads? Yeah. yeah. I, I felt invincible. Like I, like <laughs> I just – when I wore those, they sounded cool. When you hurt. What's that? It sounded good when you hit guys too. Oh yeah, like <laughs> nothing hurt. And then when they changed the rule and we actually had to take those off, I tried to play the same way, and I was blowing out shoulder after shoulder after <laughs> shoulder. Like this hitting sucks. That's it. It's, it's like that, look, early part of my career. That's that's what you know. That that was a big shadow over me is the fact that. You know, I did suffer, you know, quite a bit of injuries because I played reckless. And, yeah. you know, you played, again, fear, you played you played fearless, though. And, right. and that's why as a 16 year old, I was like, oh, shit, like he's going to get killed when he goes in the corner here. But you wouldn't. You come yeah. and give a little shimmy and you'd be out of there. I'm like, OK, I got it. But, that, but yeah. that's, you know, having that fearless nature, I think, was something that helped you out there. But, uh, yeah. dude, always great catching up with you. And we. We, I'd like to have you on have some story time because you had a great NHL career. Yeah, some sure. great stories. I've heard you talk about it. Um, right now, we're, we're kind of using this show to look at a couple previews for the playoffs. And Toronto, um, I, I'd love to get your take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, where are they at? Are they Do they have a better shot this year? I personally have said it numerous times on the air. I thought they played better. They should have won that series last year. But yeah. unfortunately for them, they let it get to game six and seven. And we knew who took over after that. Um, where are you at on the Leafs? How are how you looking uh, with them? We've known that's the one matchup that we know right now is yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And with this stupid playoff format, we've known about it since December. <laughs> 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 um, look, I'm cautiously optimistic about this, this uh, Maple Leafs team. Um, I think they're a way better team than they were last year. I think last year the pressure of the moment caught up to them again. Uh, because, you know, they won game one. They had a chance to take a stranglehold in the series, and they let Tampa back in by basically having a penalty-filled game. They go into Tampa, they win game three, they have a chance to take a stranglehold in that series, and they just didn't even show up. It's 2-2. They come home, 
They're down 2 nothing early in that game, game five. They find a way to come back. They win 4-3. They got a stranglehold. They, they, they got the 3-2 series lead, have a chance to go bury it in, in Tampa. They have a three – sorry, they have a fourth four, – they had a one-goal lead. I'm not sure if it's 3-2 or 4-3. They had a one-goal lead going into the third period. Third period, they take some careless penalties. They go to overtime, they lose. Game seven, you know what happens in game seven. It's what's haunted this team for the last five years. They just either can't get a big save or they can't get a big goal. Yeah. And that was the difference in the series. And you look at what that did for Tampa last year. Like, to me, Tampa looked like they were trying to get beat in the first round because, you know, everyone talked about all the hockey they played. You saw once they won that first round, it was like, okay, we're here yeah. again. Let's see how far we can go with it. I mean, they won the second round and even the third round without Braden Point. Like, that, that's crazy. So, fast forward to this year. You know, the Maple Leafs go into the offseason. Their biggest question marks, who's, who's going to be a net for them? They go out and make one of the most controversial acquisitions of the offseason in acquiring Matt Murray. You knew why they acquired Matt Murray because of the, you know, the playoff pedigree, whatever you want to say about it, the Stanley Cups. But clearly he came with baggage. This is a guy that has not been able to stay healthy since he's left Pittsburgh. And then they, then they bring in Samson off to sort of go with a tandem. But the other things that they had going, the, the other question marks they had is a lot of people called for change in the offseason, breaking up the core. They decided to run it back. And good for them for doing it because they did it. They're here again. But I think the approach they took this off, sorry, this trade line was something we've never seen before. Yeah. Think about a team that has been a top five team in the standings that went out and changed six players in their lineup. You don't see that very often. But you look at the players that they added and they bring, everybody brings something different. And I think what this team has been missing in their last – years of playoff failures is they haven't been able to get any big contributions from anybody in their bottom six. Yeah. And the beauty about knowing that you're playing Tampa is you know what type of series you're going to expect to get out of them. So what do they do? They go up and get role defined guys, more competitive guys, more physical guys, the better matchup against Tampa. And if you learn anything from the game they played the other night, they're playing very well at the right time of year. Their goaltending has been outstanding and I just think that their depth is putting themselves in a better position to win. So every time I talk about this series, there's always a caveat. It's always the word but. Because every time you say you want to give the Maple Leafs the edge, it's always but. They're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, who has Andre Vasilevsky in net, and a team that's been the three straight Stanley Cup finals. So that's where I stand with them right now. Well said. I mean, that was a pretty a pretty thorough summary of, of what it's been. And we've been saying all year on this show, uh, it doesn't matter almost what Toronto does in the regular season. It all comes right. down to this first-round series. And, and rightly or wrongly, you know, a lot of players' lives are on the lines because there could be trades. There could be breaking up of the core if they don't succeed, as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, jobs on the line for sure. People's jobs on the lines. Maybe a coach, maybe a GM. Who knows how this shakes out? Um if they lose this, is this it? Do you think they go and break it up? And on the flip side, if they lose again in harrow harrowing fashion like they did last year, maybe like a game seven loss, is yeah. that enough to do it still? 
or do, or do you think you you seem you you mentioned cautiously cautiously optimistic? I think I'm with you there too. It feels yeah. like Tampa might be a little more primed this year than they were last year to 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 bow out, not to bow out, but to to take a loss this time. It seems like the Leafs made a lot of the right moves. What, how do you think this plays out? Well, to answer your first question. My answer is going to be that it depends on how they lose. If they lose in game seven again, it's going to be hard for me to envision anybody losing their jobs because, you know, sometimes you just got to face the reality that you just get the, the tough end of the draw. And I know that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an easy way out. But when you evaluate what Kyle Dubas and management have done with this Maple Leafs team over the last three years. Let's just look at the last three years because of the crazy things that hockey has gone through with scheduling, with the bubble and everything. Sure. I can't think of one team that has been as consistent as the Maple Leafs have been throughout three years of the regular season with a flat cap. Considering all the changes that they've made year after year, I mean, they're changing sometimes anywhere from six to eight guys in their lineup. And you go across the league and you find me one other team that's been able to change that many players and have the same amount of success. So Kyle Dubas, I think, deserves a lot of credit in the, in, in the sense that with the difficulties around the cap, he's done a pretty good job putting together a really competitive roster. At some point, you got to start pointing the finger at the players because the GM and the coach can't put the skates on and can't go out and play. All they can do is try to put the best roster together and give themselves the best chance to win. And we're, the margin of error is very thin. I mean, if the Maple Leafs bow out in anything less than seven games, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of noise here and a lot of um, you know people calling for change. But then again, when you try to evaluate change, what type of changes are you making? Austin Matthews is one year away from being an unrestricted free agent. You know, so is William Nylander. John Tavares is not a movable contract. You're not trading Mitch Marner. So what what really what changes could this team potentially make? Yeah, you could make managerial changes, but do you really want a guy with a new vision and a new voice and a new uh, outlook coming in and and wanting to work around this roster that's been assembled to try to take that next step? Those are some tough questions to answer right now. I think a lot of what's going to happen in the offseason is going to be depending on how they do in the playoffs, either how they win or how they lose. And so even saying that, um, I, I don't I don't think there's going to be many changes. And I honestly believe that this is the year that they're probably going to go over the hump because, Rupert, you would know you've won Stanley Cups, you've gone on Stanley Cup runs. At some point, the gas tank has to run out. And, you know, when you look about how much hockey Tampa has played, it's tough to think that they've been been able to do that in such a condensed schedule in a flat cap world where year after year they're making many changes too. That's a good point. We know Tampa's record in back-to-backs this year has been absolutely abysmal. I don't know if they've won yeah. one, Rupper. We talked about this before, maybe one. but they've been, uh, I think they're like 1-11 in 11 or something. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Carlo, last from from me, and I'll send it over to Gumps. You mentioned all the moves at the deadline. You know, six players – changing over the roster, pretty impressive to make that work and not miss a beat. Uh, and we know Ryan O'Reilly missed some time with the injury, but comes back now. Who's been the most impressive 
uh, addition to the roster this season? Doesn't necessarily have to be a deadline move in your eyes, yeah. but who do you think's played the biggest role and biggest impact so far in terms of an addition to the roster this year? Well, if you're talking about full season, it's Ilya Samsonov. Because without Ilya Samsonov, there's no way this team would be even close to where it's at. Because, you know, look at all the tough predicaments that Matt Murray has presented to this team. And if Matt Murray can be healthy, like I, I'm not even, I don't even want to, you know, uh, talk about the name Matt Murray anymore because to me, I've sort of said, you just can't trust him. Let him do what he's got to do. Focus on the guys that are here. And Ilya Samsonov was a guy that I didn't really have much faith in coming into the season because I asked myself the question: If he was that good, why did Washington let him walk? Great point. But clearly. Clearly this guy, you know, signed in Toronto because he saw opportunity and he's used this as a reclamation year. And man, has he played above above and beyond. I want to let you finish, but just a little side note there. That same organization let Vitek Vanacek walk. He's looking pretty damn good in New Jersey. Right. right. Also, also, I don't know. Also paid Darcy, paid Darcy Kemper too. Does somebody right. wear? Does somebody wear that in Washington? Like you, you, you said both goalies are not who we want, and both goalies yeah. have been really good where they're at. Go ahead. Well, Jersey's probably going to win. Has a chance to win the division with Vanacek, and Samsonov is probably going to help the Maple Leafs win a playoff round. So yeah, that's that's a very good point, Rupper. I mean, I think somebody has to wear that. You know, I mean, they didn't make the playoffs this year. Yeah. And so, you know, that to me, that that's the, he's been one of their best additions. If you're talking about the trade deadline acquisition, like I'm a huge Ryan O'Reilly fan. I played with this guy in Buffalo and I saw firsthand why he is such an, a special player and why everybody he plays with absolutely loves playing with him. He is the, the true pros pro guy. And he's the best example for anybody that wants to know what being a hockey player is because he just, he comes to the rink first guy on the ice, last guy off the ice. He's just, he he just loves the game of hockey and it's contagious. And the best part about him is that he leads by example. He does all the right things on the ice. It's a fun guy to be around off the ice. Talk says all the right things, does all, does all the right things. And you just look at his playoff pedigree. I mean, over the last three years, has there been a guy more clutch than him in the playoffs? I, I find it hard to think that there has been, unless it's Connor McDavid and, you know, what run he's about to go on this year. But I love that addition because it's, it's just made this team deeper, especially in the middle of the ice. And how Kyle Dubas convinced – Kyle Davidson to absorb $2 million of Jake McCabe's contract for the next two years is the biggest scam artist job I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Listen, the other, that's, a, that's that is a fantastic point. And another one too, I'm not about people losing their jobs. I want everyone to keep their jobs. Me but too. Let's call a spade a spade. What Chicago did in moving any of these things out was disgraceful. The yeah. fact their their lack oh. of return, their lack of return for a twenty four year old two time forty goal scorer Alex DeBrinket was fucking embarrassing. Yeah, it was the, the, fact, the fact that they tried to strong arm Patrick Kane because they realized, 
holy shit, we haven't gotten any return for anybody. So we know he wants to go to the Rangers. So they're asking a ransom for the Rangers. Rangers are like, fuck you. They went and they got Vlad Tarasenko. Yeah. And I yeah. think I think that Patty Kane went to them and was like, hey, I told you where I want to go. All right, make it happen or I'm walking for nothing. And you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that Kyle, that, that whole leadership group there in, in Chicago, talk about bombing it. And then last night in Pittsburgh, the one game you winning? should, the one game where you should fucking lose all year, so you can have, uh, you can have the top chance to get Connor Bedard. What do you do? Yeah, they got, you pull out your fucking capes and you win. Yeah. Come on, man. Buddy Anderson out there. Hey, yeah, the, the fucking Buddy the, the nature boy, Buddy Stevens the out there. Yeah. If I lose Richardson, my fourth line is playing forty minutes of that game yesterday. You know, it's like. You're this far into the season, you've committed yourself to this, and you go and win that game. Okay, granted, you did you did the Islanders and the Panthers a favor because you beat Pittsburgh, and the Islanders are winning right now. I think it's 3-2. Yeah, we know, Carlo. We're Penguins fan. We can't, we can't get into it. A lot of puck left, yeah. Carlo. Don't let, don't let the Habs get hot in the third. <laughs> uh. Go ahead, Gubs. Yeah, Carlo. Uh we talked to everybody about the Western Conference, and everyone's kind of just going back to default. It's going to be the Avalanche now. Where do you stand on the Wild Wild West? I think it's Vegas or Edmonton that's coming out of the West. I mean, I saw, I did, I, I tweeted a stat. Edmonton, Edmonton, Edmonton never wins that game last night before that before they made right. that trade. Never, well, they lose that game like four one. Before yeah. they made that trade. Well, just yeah. even you go back to the back-to-back games they had against LA, which basically yeah. determined where their where their fate was going to be, and they they completely dominated LA in back-to-back games. And to me, that just goes to show this team's ready to win. The, the addition of, of Ekholm has been one of the best trade line that the trade line acquisitions, and Steve Stewart Skinner is playing like a man possessed. And I don't care if you I don't care if he's a rookie. At the end of the day, there's only three guys in the league that I really think that can steal you a hockey game. It's Vasilevsky, Shesterkin, and you can you can make an argument for either Hellebuck or Sorokin. Other than that, I think the way we view goaltenders nowadays is differently because you know it used to be the race to three would win you games. I actually think it's the race to four now. Because Teams are building their four lines differently. You're not having a third and fourth line that's going to go out and just try to put you through the glass, even though some guys should, and try to fight you all the time. These guys can chip in and they can score. So you're getting offenses. You're getting offense from more players in your lineup. Plus, with the way guys can score in the power play nowadays, it's ridiculous. So Stuart Skinner, regardless if he's a rookie or not, what I love about him is that he's big, he's athletic, and he's super competitive. I mean, you just look at the last couple, the last goaltenders that have won the Stanley Cup. Darcy Kemper was a big guy, fit the same mold. Andre Vasilevsky speaks for himself, big guy, fits the same mold. I think if you can have one of those guys that's just an ultra competitive in there and can make the saves when it's counted for, yeah, you're going to give up goals. But I think Stuart Skinner is more than capable of, of handling the gig, carrying Edmonton. I Carlo, think Vegas. You just, uh, you just described Matt Murray's tenure in Pittsburgh. Uh, he was a rookie. Big, right. competitive, and, and they made it work. So, I, yeah, I, I, I like. Too bad he's nothing like that right now. But <laughs> you know, I, I, look, I, I picked Vegas to come out of the West at the beginning of the season, just because 
that was a team that went through so much last year with goaltenders, with injuries, with salary cap issues because they wanted to fit Jack Eichel in and the whole thing. They just couldn't find a way to get it together. Then you bring in Bruce Cassidy. You got a full year of Jack Eichel, healthy defense. I just thought that team was ready to take off and clearly showed it. Now, goaltending is probably going to play a factor to them. I heard you guys talking to Gary before I came on. Bersois looked good. Jonathan Quick's a playoff goaltender, regardless of how old he is. So I, I like Vegas and Edmonton. Colorado, to me, I don't think they have the same depth up front that they had last year. And I think that's ultimately going to hurt them. Like, you replaced Nazem Kadri with Lars Eller. Like, I, I know Lars Eller a bit, but I don't see the same impact there. And, you know, you got Georgiev and um, Frank Kuz in that. You know, can those guys win you a big game? Maybe. And who knows how healthy Kel McCarr is, right? So yeah, they're still going to be good. I just think teams like Vegas and teams like like Edmonton are better equipped now to beat the, to beat that team. Uh, yeah, I got one. Are we frozen or are we good? You got us, Carl? Because you're frozen. I'm good, right? yeah. You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> Well, you, you had uh, you, you, you probably should have you probably should have picked up an assist on the Florida Panthers kind of getting this thing going because uh, yes, big Walt, big Walt Kachuk, Keith Kachuk said something on your your show first take. Uh, I think it got the boys going. You want to go over what he what he said there, kind of calling out his son Matthew Kachuk's uh, Florida Panthers team. So it's funny how that all happened because I was watching the Ottawa and Florida game that that was being, that was played in Ottawa, and on the t- broadcast they showed Big Walt, and so it was a Tuesday. There was a Tuesday game or a Monday game, one of the two. They played the Leafs on the Wednesday, but being part of the Maple Leafs alumni, there was an alumni trip that was planned for Ottawa for the Leafs to play in Ottawa on that same Saturday. So I saw him on the broadcast and I was like, Hey man, you're going to be in Ottawa on Saturday because I'm coming down. Be nice to hang out. And he said, fuck no, I'm getting out of town, man. I hate the Leafs. I don't want to stay and watch that. Game. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, okay, good. By the way, do you want to come on my show and just have, you know, you know, fun conversation about hockey? We'll talk about the boys, you know, he goes, yeah, absolutely. He goes, but make sure you ask me about the Panthers because I'm really disappointed in them. <laughs> like, perfect, no problem. So we started talking about his sons, and then I asked him the Florida question. And man, did he not he didn't hold back at all. He basically teed off on them. It went viral, which is you know, some not something we planned. Obviously, you know, when you say something like that. My producer actually texted me right after the interview. He goes, hey, do you want to ask Walt if we can post that? So I, I messaged Walt. And I was like, hey, man, producers asked me, you're okay posting. You, you, you went pretty strong on Florida. He's like, fucking right, man. <laughs> so clearly his message, you know, got heard. And – I said it yesterday, and I was, it was tongue-in-cheek, but, man, Florida should plan a parade for that guy because clearly they got the message. Remember, that, that, that same night, this was the same night they were playing the Leafs, and it was the same night where Paul Maurice just teed off on the guys on the bench. Yeah. 
So clearly, Paul Maurice got the message. The players got the message. And and look, it, it was a rallying cry for the Panthers. And I'm so glad it worked because, Rupp, right all you feel there's nothing more I love. There's nothing more that I love than to watch a Kachuk play in playoffs. Oh, 100%. Right, 100%. so the no, fact that the no. in the playoffs right now, like I'm absolutely yeah. jacked to watch Matthew play. I, I can't wait to watch it. Now, what, what I thought you were actually going to say, and you, you took it different ways. I don't know in other sports it, it might be different, but in hockey, that is the worst thing you could possibly be called is soft. Is yeah, a team that is like you have to be careful as a coach to call your team out as soft in the media. You remember uh, Michelle Terrian? He's calling so, the pack. I've never seen a group of defensemen so soft. He said yeah. so soft. Not even a T. Couldn't even give the boys a T. Just said yeah. so soft. And that if you're going to throw it out, you got to know. You, you, if you do it, you got to be calculated because you could yeah. lose a room real quick because that's like the worst thing. So being called that and getting the response here, got to got to give uh, – you got to give first uh, – what is it? You first know, up. First up. First up. Sorry, I said yeah. first take for First up. Okay. Uh, you got to give first up a, a big nod right there because uh, you got him going with Big Walt. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely incredible. So it's funny you say that too because um, I messaged him yesterday and I said, congrats, bud. Florida should plan a parade for you. And he wrote – and he, he obviously wrote back laughing, right? But he, he, he probably knew – you know, the impact that he had. And I think as a, as a dad and as a dad that's cheering for his kid, I think he got a lot of pride in that, the fact that there was a response. And I'll be honest with you, Rupper, you nailed it on the head with what you just said because I've got very thick skin and I've been called a, not a lot of names in my life. You know, injury prone, band-aid, whatever it is. You know, I could take it. You can call me whatever you want. If somebody called me soft, I took it personal. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly got it. Like I, I would literally lose my mind. I said, "You can call me whatever you want. Don't call me soft." Because I'm not. I remember. I remember. So the, it wasn't being called soft because uh, I, I would make sure. I mean, I listen. I, I, neither of us played that style, and we played different styles. We weren't soft. Yeah, we, we, we were like we love to compete. Yeah, it was right. it was competing. I think that that's where it's at, and I, I think that that's where the softness it, the softness doesn't come to like oh you you can't you, you're not you're not dropping your gloves. It's, it's not that. It's you're not competing. You're, you don't have that killer instinct to find another level, and that yeah. that's question your professionalism. Like we're fucking professional yeah. athletes, right? And I remember this one time we were playing against Montreal. I was in Pittsburgh, and we're out there. I don't remember. I think it was maybe Markov uh, shot this puck. I blocked it. Hit me right in the, the inside of my foot on my – kind of like right in my inside yeah. arch, right? Yeah. Puck goes around. I'm fucking hobbling like this. And somehow it got switched around and PK gets the puck. I'm collapsed low as a weak side forward. PK gets it. I'm skating out on PK. I'm like, motherfucker. I can't even feel my foot from about four <laughs> seconds ago blocking Markov. So I'm coming out on PK. And PK, you know PK's wind-up too. PK's oh, yeah. wind-up is completely straight up in the air. Like straight up. And it's just the optics. The optics of it are like, fuck me, it's coming right here. And I never do this. Ever do this. I flamingoed. Oh, I, 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 I went out, both legs, 
both feet were down. And then right when he went to shoot, my wounded foot went like yeah. this, like this, yeah. shot it right under my right foot, bang, post in on flurry. And I remember in the game, I was like, fuck, I just flamingoed. And I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and, and I'm like, maybe they didn't notice. Maybe they didn't notice. The next yeah. day, we have video. our we have our video meeting. Yeah, Dan Bilesma yeah. pulls up the video. Oh, Dan Bilesma, man. Don't even And he pulls up the video. <laughs> <laughs> he, he pulls it up, plays it through one time. Doesn't say a word. Shows me. And I know. I saw it. Rewinds it. Brings it back. Plays it. Rewinds it. Plays it back. Just puts this thing on fucking loop. I hated when that guy would rewind video clips, man. It's like, okay, we get it. Just stop going, man. He doesn't say any words. He doesn't say any words. We're in a like our theater room in Pittsburgh watching this. And I'm on the big screen and just showing it, showing it. And he just turns at me and he looks and he goes, really? Flamingo? Rapper? No. Like this. And I'll tell you what. I was like, the next game. The next game I went out, I fucking fought twice. I was like, oh, man, I'm like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm like, when it, uh, you, 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 that's the worst possible thing. So I oh, guess yeah. that's just a glimpse of like, I did everything I could for the next week to prove to my teammates that will never happen again. And so when Big Walt calls you, and let's talk about, talk about Big Walt too. Yeah. One of the greats, one of the greatest yeah. American born players ever yeah, played one the of game. The best power forwards that ever played the game. So if he's calling you yeah. soft, that ain't a good thing. And the boys have responded. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. I love it. I love it, man. And and Dan Bowsman, oh, my God, man. That guy ran the worst video sessions ever. <laughs> like, literally, we couldn't, go, we couldn't go a day without it being less than 30 minutes. It's they like, I don't, know, I, don't, times, yeah. I, I don't know if they were the same with you. But, like, as I got older, like, I really prioritized warming up before practice. So I'd get to the rink early and warm up and I'd literally sit in a theater seat for 30 minutes and I'm like, what the fuck was the point of that? I'm stiff again. I'm, stiff again. I'm like, can you not get your point across in like two, three, four clips? I felt like I got dumber watching the video <laughs> so long. And I'm like, this is pointless. Like it, it, it just doesn't work. Can't run this, this long of a video session. Something he loved to do, man. Man, it's tough. Well, it's tough. now we know what led to the downfall in Pittsburgh, it sounds like. Carlo, man, we appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for joining us. You're very generous. Hey, my pleasure, time. boys. This was fun. Yes. Love to have you back on, especially Rupper. If the Leafs win around, we got to get Carlo back on. We oh, yeah. Absolutely, oh, yeah. Absolutely, boy. No Let's problem. Do it. No problem. For sure. All right, boys. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate it. Have a good one, man. Oh, you good. Hey, we got to have him on for story time. He's been a lot of different places, played a long career, man. He's a good storyteller, too. So we'll have him on at some point here and, um, you know, get him to tell a little even more stories. But yeah, if we have the Leafs win around, fuck, we might have to dedicate a couple shows to the Leafs because it's going to be craziness. Banana land right there. Absolutely. I so, feel like this is, I feel like this is setting up for. Maybe the biggest heartbreak of all. Because, <laughs> like, because, like, last year it was like, okay, we're not gonna win. But like this year, we're all everyone's like, this has yeah. to be the year we beat the Lightning. Like, 
I bought in last year. I'll tell you what, I'm buying in again this year. I'm buying in again this year. This is the first year. This is the first year I'm giving them a chance, and it's because of Ryan O'Reilly. I think yeah. he's the game changer for them on the their ice decor, and in the locker room. Their, their decor to me, they've got nine NHL defensemen to choose from and shake it up. If they need to play a certain mm-hmm. style or need to tweak something, they could do it. Before it was always, here's our six, and they're not that great of six. And they weren't very diverse in what they do and what you bring to the table. They've got that now. Like, so to your point, too, O'Reilly, uh, they've got. I still have a question. I still have a question. I I don't think Samsonov's taking Yeah, the goaltending is a question and, mark. And I don't care what our boy said. I don't yeah, think but, any but, of the biggest goals the one thing on the run. This team doesn't get enough credit for. They actually, their team def- defense is pretty good. Like, they don't give up a ton. So the goalie doesn't have to be, you don't have to, like, he, they don't need a goalie to steal them games. Like they're they're pretty good. The other I just, reason I always the only thing is Rupper. I always look at it like Lightning versus the Leafs. Like you know what I yeah. mean. Like the I don't know where I'm, more, I don't know where I'm going with it. Lightning are even more banged up this year than they were last year. Yeah, even more yeah. run down this year than they were last year. Jano uh, is going to miss some time. It sounds like yeah. potentially. Uh, we know the rest of the guys are banged up. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. The Leafs, it, we said like we thought last year the Leafs had this great shot. This may be their best shot. So it's funny how that works out. Like they could have blown it up last year, and then look, this gets. Carlo made a good point. They've pretty much known this series was coming for a couple yeah, of months okay. now, and they made the, the deadline reflects that they made moves. They know they had to make to try and beat specifically I'm curious, the Tampa I'm curious Bay Lightning to see. and potentially the Boston Bruins. That's a whole another story. I'm curious to see who will be favored in that series when the lines come out. Very curious. It's got to be. It's got to be Toronto, no? I think it will be just because they can't put Toronto as a dog because everybody will yeah. bet the dog. The uh, hey, quick little note here while we got the Islanders are up three two on Montreal with what is it like? I think like a half a fourteen left here. Fourteen, a little over that. Um, oh Horvat's comments. Gump. No, yeah. Horvat. Oh, uh, uh, dude, without, I, being, I could, without I, even being prodded, made a took a gigantic sky dump on Vancouver <laughs> and, and said, fucking, uh, "Give us, give us the context of what happened." You guys remember I, what the exact words were? He literally said, "It's better. This is better than Vancouver." And like that, without, and I'll tell you that. For and free. it was out of nowhere, and it was fucking, ah, oh, dude. I was what, dying. Man. I was watching that do? UFC. What did that do? As soon as I, as soon as as soon as I got it, I sent it to all my boys, and they were fu- fuck this guy, man. <laughs> I never liked him. Never liked him. like Vancouver's clubs and bars got fucking fuck Bo Horvat signs up. Like it was a see. I as soon as I watched it, I was like, this is not because I hate the Canucks because I don't. But as soon as I watched it, I was like. This is the best thing ever because it is classic. Coover's marks will lose their mind over this when it really means nothing at all because the Canucks never went to the playoffs with Horvat on the team. Or I guess they did in the bubble. Yeah, that was yeah. the one year. The one year. But they haven't had a home playoff game in how many years? Unbelievable. 
I love that. I love. I Dude, love just. It was. So, it was it out so there. good. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, on that note, too, how about uh, Rick Bonus, head coach of Winnipeg, motioning it over to Dean Evison on the Minnesota Jeez. bench, the head coach of Minnesota, just sounded like, yeah, like you want to go. Basically, you want to fight, and then Dean Evison's like, all right, let's do like, it. He looked like he did was Bowens, ready. Did Bowens hit him with a too small? Is that what he did? Yeah. Yeah. I think Dean Evison's like 5'9", so I don't think he's like over What's the big. Bones? <laughs> What's oh, he's Bones coming in? I don't know, man. But I, I'll tell you what, as a team, <laughs> with what was happening, that was a chippy, chippy, chippy Fucking game. short king. And when, when you got Rick Bonus, who's been on the bench for like 2,500 NHL games, getting into it with the other coach, telling him it's bullshit and whatever, and then kind of giving her this one. He's like, you, he's like you're this big. And then Dean, you know, Dean's always got that intense look on his face. Dean Everson chewing his gum. He's just like, come on over. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I'm like, this is – let's go to the playoffs, man, right now. We've seen, like, some feisty – that Tampa-Toronto game was crazy as well. Like, I'm so ready for playoff hockey, boys. Speaking of, I was going to say, here we are. Yeah, season ends on Friday. Like, it's tough because we could go through and you can make some predictions. We can't do it series by series because there are still some things that need to be settled in terms of seating and in terms of who's going to play what. So I think we go through, just give us a quick little uh, prediction here, maybe who you think ends up in the conference finals and who you think ends up playing each other in the cup final. We're not going to give cup winners yet if you don't want to. But uh, I'm looking at now like Carolina and New Jersey are still – Still need to decide who's going to win the Metro. Um, am obviously, I missing, the am Islanders I miss, am situation. I, am I am I missing something? Is Ve- are we really doing Vegas is going to do this again? Is that happening? That's what we're doing. I I I, I love I, what they dumped. They got more. They got they got more points than your stars. What are you talking about? We fucking swept them, dude. Like I don't care who is on the ice for hey, what games. If like, we have, if we have dumped, you know damn well if Pavelski. Robo, that was Heiskanen. one of the that was what one weren't on the ice for a game. What about the other ones? You'd be like, saying we didn't have our guys. What about what about guys. the what about the other ones? That's fair. I'm just saying. Hey. So, um, if we have a Vegas Winnipeg first round matchup, which it could be, I'm taking the I'm taking the Jets. I think the Jets, with how they're playing, could beat win what could beat Vegas. Oh, they are hot, seven and three in their last ten, <laughs> one three in a row. I bought into the Jets Kool Aid. That's the only thing. Season. Yeah, Nick, and I love. Nick actually, I love. Nick actually has a Jets tarp. He just has. I love. I love Gary Lawless's. Um, his the way he broke it down, but I do not agree. If it's not Logan Thompson, which I don't it's know if he's going to play, if it's he's not Logan Thompson. They don't have another option. I'm sorry, they don't. Laurent Bersois, it's been a great story. I don't think you can hang your hat on him in the playoffs. Jonathan Quick, maybe you can catch lightning in a bottle with him, but it's, you know, Aiden Hill. Like, I don't love their goaltending situation. I'm with and you. I'm, I would be going low. Connor Hullabuck quick as a backup. And yeah. Connor Hullabuck's like 5-1 and one with like a 9-5-0 save percentage, less six starts. Winnipeg can beat them in round one if that's a matchup. All right. So knowing that, I mean, let's start with you, Gumps. We'll start, put you on the hot seat here. Uh, give us your Eastern and Western Conference final and then give us your cup final. 
So I think you got the, the Devils beat the Rangers. Hurricanes beat the Panthers. Okay. Lightning beat the Leafs. I'm not jumping. I'm not doing it. I'm not hopping on the Leafs. I can't. <laughs> Bruins beat the Islanders. So then we go. Then it's Bruins, Lightning. Wait, Canes, wait. We're picking each. Are you picking each thing? We don't know where the matchups are yet. Well, if this is what it is, I'm running it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's Bruins, Bruins, Devils conference final. Oh, these. Okay. What about the West? Avalanche beat the Kraken. Texas hockey beat the Wild. Vegas beat the Jets. Uh, I mean, I'm fucking homer as they come. I really do believe, man, yeah, this is it for the Oilers. The I think the West is theirs to lose. I really do, man. Unless fucking Stuart Skinner slips on the banana. Like so, you're going Cup Final, Edmonton over your stars. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm taking the stars, but if we're being like, I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy who's just homers. Yeah, no, no, no. this is this is just objective. I think Bruins, Oilers, Stanley Cup Final. Okay, look it, or uh, Rupper. Wait, who did he say there? He said Bruins, Oilers, Cup Final. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I do, I do think. I think the Devils take the Bees to seven, though. I think that's a series. Okay. Um. All right. So, do you want me to pick, or I just pick the fi- uh, pick the final four? Yeah, just pick your. You, you can do whatever you want. What, what, Give us the score for score prediction for every game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let Let me do this. Well, I don't know what the matchups are going to be. Like we we don't know that, so I I don't know. I I. Because I, I would switch my choice on all those. But I, I feel pretty confident what the Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals would be. So yeah. I think it's going to be the exact same conference finals as last year for both conferences. I think you're going to have New York versus Tampa. And I think Ooh. you're going to have Colorado versus Edmonton. Okay. Sorry. Who no beat, Bruins? Who beats Boston? In the- Tampa in round Tampa? two. Tampa? Oh, Run it back to the start uh, of the year. Who's your Rupper had the bees out of the playoffs? Who's your cup final? (laughs) Die on that hill, Rupper. I respect it. My cup final. Fuck. Don't need the winner. My lightning get back. You got the Rangers and the lightning, you said? My cup final, I got. My cup final, I'm going to go. I'm going to go call. I think it's going to be the same as last year, Colorado Ah, and Tampa. Holy shit, Ross. I love it. Here we go, Nick. I guess back to the well. I love it. (laughs) Hey, hey, don't worry. I had Columbus Blue Jackets making the playoffs. (laughs) Hey, I had had, just like what you said, I had Boston missing the playoffs. They just just became the best NHL team of fucking all time yesterday. (laughs) Well, Uh, tread carefully. Uh, I'm going to meet you guys in the middle, I think. I don't think Colorado gets back. Minnesota really, really intrigues me, but I think with the way it's seated right now, a potential early round matchup, I really like Gumpy Stars to get through to the end. I'm thinking of Stars, Oilers, 
Western Conference Final. I could see it. On the East, I'm looking at a oh, – I'm looking at Bruins-Rangers, and I think the Bruins get through. I don't trust Carolina's offense. They got a great defense, pretty good goaltending. They got three solid goaltending options. I don't trust them to be able to score enough. The disrespect to the Devils! I honestly – well, it's messed up because I think Jersey can beat the Rangers. I really do. But I think if the Rangers get past Jersey, I think they're cruising until Boston. Yeah, be, I think I think you're right. I think it's like last year when the Rangers beat the Penguins. Like if they get if they win that first one and get going, I think yeah. they get going. Until with that, all, with that all being said, just like you guys just said, I don't feel very confident with the Rangers against the Devils in round one. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Until Boston, and then I think it's Boston Stars Cup final. Hey, I love the I, devil. I love I love I the devils it. in that series. I can I love see it, the man. devils. But here, you what'd know, you say, what'd like, you say, Nick? Boston Stars, Texas Hockey, Bean Town, Nick. Final. I don't know if you heard, Robert. Nick actually <laughs> hopped on board the Texas Hockey wagon earlier today. Are you yeah. on? I got. Yeah. I got to pick a team for the playoffs. I mean, I can't just can't leave my guy hanging. He's been pulling for the Guinos all year. They let him down. They let us down. They you let know me what? Down. I still got be... six minutes here. Hey, you know what? I might be Western Conference stars as well. I don't got a Western Conference team. You guys know this is how I roll in sports. Like I, I fucking I, I go Browns and Giants because I want someone to root for, and quite frankly, I don't, haven't been able to root for anybody. And uh, you know, so in hockey, maybe I should go. Maybe I should go Stars, Gumps. Maybe I should jump on board. Here we go. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I do. I do love that Oilers team, though, man. I think they've been honest team. They're, what are they? Seven, seventeen, two and one in their last twenty or something like that. I like. The I know. I, I know. I said it earlier, Rupper. Like, there's no way they win that game in Colorado in years past. I agree with that. I agree with that. Never, never in a million years, man. And they win it in overtime. Like, well, you yeah. know what puts them over the hump, Gumps, is that they got one tough cookie in Matthias Ekholm. Yes, the yes, biggest that, trade deadline true. acquisition of the season. <laughs> He is one tough cookie, and so is the man with cream nut butter. Our sponsor for this episode. There's a link in the description right now. You click that link, you get 10% off. Uh, go ahead and order this stuff right now. Almond butter, cashew butter, peanut butter, however you want it, they got it. Great, incredible flavor, low-carb, gluten-free, I believe, low-sugar, handcrafted, high-protein. You got a sweet tooth. This is the trick right here. This is one, the one tough cookie. That that might be one tough cookie. What's in that, what's in that the one? Playoffs. That might have to be like a, a playoff special. One tough cookie has cashews. You can see on the packaging. I don't want to get too close because um, I hit the zoom. We got cashews and we got these little uh, chocolate style M and M style candies. Then we got Oreos and chocolate Ooh, chip. It's a little bit of everything, man. Delicious. You could see like you could even see this. Can this uh, jar in itself is a little uh, greased up. up because we've been beating the hell out of this one. Wow. So, you guys are two tough cookies now, man. Mm, that smell. Yeah. Mm. Uh. All right, fellas. Final thoughts before we get out of here. Uh, my final thought is fire Ron Hextall. Give the Penguins another chance at glory. They deserve better. Yeah. 87 deserve better. 71 deserves better. Latang had an 
tumultuous season, battled and overcame a lot. Let's flip some things. I know you got some no moves. You know, Jeff Carter, I love you, but maybe it's time to <laughs> go back to the beach in LA and just enjoy what life has to offer after hockey. We'll always we'll always remember your you at the trade deadline. No disrespect. Years, this guy's a fucking two time Stanley Cup champion. He's a fucking stud. Like it's just, you know, this team has to get younger and faster. Yeah. And tougher somehow. They have to do accomplish those three things, which are not easy to do all in one. So I understand that as a fan. It's going to be – we might have a long journey ahead of us again. I'm afraid I've got some bad news, Nick. I don't want to hear it. Don't even say it. Dumps, just give me your final thoughts. Fenway Sports Group ain't doing jack shit. One of the greatest young midfielders who plays for Borussia Dortmund has said a million times he wants to play for Liverpool. And these cheap fucks, all you have to do is buy a player. I don't know if people don't know this in soccer – it's not a trade. You just right. give a lump sum of fucking money. A lot of money. Not as much player. as hockey players. Don't care. Spend it. They won't spend on the Red Sox anymore. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but they've lost the plot. So you might be fucking looking at Hextall for another 5 to 10, though. Uh, I think, uh, and I think less, some of the vets I on mean, that team... Yeah, there's, there's, the one, there's one. There's one. There's one. There's one man with a trump card on. Yeah, that. I think some of those vets are gonna make their voices known, and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Rupper, please. Your final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, Jeez, man. I don't know. Uh, let's go. Uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. I fucking just want these playoffs to start. Like, I, I, Boom, I just, there it is. You know, Rupper I mean, needs they, and wants these playoffs. I, I, I thought your playoffs. final thought was going to be happy Make birthday it. to Jackie Redmond. But, yeah. Make it a quote, dude. Make it a quote. Fucking Rupper wants the playoffs to start. I just want playoffs to start. And, oh, Jesus. I got. I do got some good news for you, though. Zach Parise just almost got killed into the boards from behind. It, it's five. It's five, too, uh, stars. Another two goals for Wyatt Johnson. I don't need to hear this five two. Sagan twenty one. Pavelski. Um, Pavelski might get to thirty. Oh, here's my final thought. Here's here's my final thought. I got it. Yes, Alex Lyon right now. Lyon. Lyon. He's been incredible. Incredible journeyman. What a story. It's a little bit. It's a little bit like uh, what's his name from Dallas. We. we not we not going home. Is that uh, what's his name? The goalie, fucking Dallas Hudobin. when they went to Hudobin. Thank you. Oh, it's like Anton Hudobin, like that Best type of story. Goalie of all time. If the playoffs start today, and I'm a big Bob guy, when playoffs start, you might have to play Alex Lyon. You might I have would to say it, play the hot hand. I don't this know. Was gonna begging, be tough, this guy we'll was see. begging for them to trot out the corpse of Bob on a back-to-back a couple weeks ago. Bob, Bob's been under under the weather, so hopefully he's better now. And uh... <laughs> Bob, Bob is the ultimate hot and cold goalie. Like there's no in between. I yeah, feel if like. he gets he's hot, look out. Oh, legit. Too, but... Yeah. All right. No, Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm we appreciate everyone in the chat who rocked with us. We appreciate Gary Lawless for joining us and all the Vegas chatter. We appreciate Carlo Coliacovo and all the Leafs talk. I uh, can't wait to have both those men back on and dive a little more in depth into uh, their lives and careers and teams that they cover. 
Uh, Rupert, we appreciate you and your booking. Gomps, we appreciate you, even though you're stuck in Canada. We hope to see you soon. Uh, when we see you all again, it'll be playoff time. We'll be reacting to right. maybe a game or two of the first Nick, round of Nick, the playoffs. Nick will, be a, Nick will be a married man as well. Right. That's true. Nick will be married, which I'm excited for because you're going to need a, a bump up in your life because these guys just officially yeah. died. It what is the now. Hell was that Rupper? We didn't need the theatrics power, with you lowering the power play down. goal. It's a power play goal by Sebastian Aho, or who tipped that? Maybe it was a tip in front by Anders Lee. But they're but Rupper, Rupper, Rupper thinks he's at the Garden Call. Yeah, what the? Right f- now. It's all right. I told we did it on hammer down. I hammered the fucking Islanders puck line. I knew this was going to happen, so I took it. To my advantage. And yeah, my feelings are hurt, but my pocket is that much fatter now. Suck it. Smart. That's smart. That's hockey talk. A lot of puck left. Fuckers. Three minutes, <laughs> bro. <laughs>